Today we're going to talk about the aspect of living the life with a God of miracles. Our God is a God of miracles. And it's amazing how we went through time and we a lot of denominations even are written into their belief systems. And a lot of people have actually made the verbal declarations and made the mental commitments to God doesn't do miracles anymore. And there are believers that still know God does miracles, but they're not living in them. And I'm here to tell you what makes our life different than unbelievers' lives has to be miracles. Miracles are the very thing that brings brings Christianity into reality. If you took miracles out of the life of a believer, or you took miracles out of Christianity, we would only be a religion, no other than any other one out there in the world. There has to be the working of miracles in a believer's life if you are truly saved. Now, I'm not saying that, like I was talking to guys like that, just because you go to a Chinese restaurant, don't make you... Chinese or go to Mexico to make just because you go to church don't make you a believer. You can be a Christian and not a believer. You can have Christ the what He paid on the cross for you cover your sins or forgive you and you'd be going to heaven, but you don't live the life of a believer. But the Bible says this: it says these signs will follow them that believe. Now, let me draw this to you. It doesn't say these signs will follow them that are saved. It doesn't say these signs will follow them that are disciples. There are actually some denominations that believe that miracles stopped working when Jesus finished the work. I'm here to tell you, we serve a God of miracles. There are some denominations that teach that miracles ceased... When the disciples all died. But if that were true, we would be in a religion today and we would not be in a relationship and be believers. Because Christianity, if you were to take miracles out of Christianity, you you could be a Buddhist, you could be a Muslim. There would be no difference from us than any other religion in the world. But the very fact that we can read Psalm 77 verse 14 makes what we have different. Which should also make what we are different. Which should also make how we live and how life does for us different. It says this in Psalm 77, 14. It says this. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among your peoples. Man, we serve a God of miracles. He... And you say, well, Cricket, you're reading Old Testament. Can we jump real quick to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6? It says this, For I am the Lord, and I cannot change. I'm here to tell you, God hasn't changed from when David knew Him as the God of miracles. I'm here to tell you, God has not changed since in the New Testament the disciples walked this earth and they saw miracles. God has not changed. You want me to tell you what's changed? Believers. If God is not doing miracles in our life, it's not a God problem. 
It's a us problem. Because God has not changed. If God could change one thing about Himself, He would no longer be God. Because that would discredit everything that we believe as believers has saved us, has changed us, has given us the right to come before the Father and go to heaven when we die. If God could change, everything would be gone. But God says He cannot change. So if He did miracles in Genesis 1-1, and He continued doing Genesis uh, miracles all the way through Revelations to the end, God is still doing miracles today. The entire Bible is nothing but a recording and a record of miracles that God has done from the very beginning of time. And Revelations goes all the way to the end of time. And miracles still take place. God is still a God of miracles. The problem is the enemy loves to convince us that miracles aren't available anymore. How many of you guys have ever been taught, maybe in church or in uh, denominations, that miracles aren't available for us anymore? I want you to know this. The very fact that you're sitting in this room is proof that God still does miracles. Because if you were to take just a second, and if everybody would, you can't deny the fact of miracles. There's something you've been through, somewhere you've been, a night you were doing something stupid, in a car going somewhere, or in a group or a place that you should not have come out of, or you should be locked up in jail for, or you should not have survived that sickness or disease, but you're here. You say, well, Cricket, that's chance. You're not a believer. If you think chance controls your life, you're not a believer. Because believers know that they don't just serve a God in heaven that's afar. And Jesus died on a cross for our sins and now is at the right hand of the Father. But they also believe that He sent the Holy Spirit down here upon us. And His Holy Spirit is among us. And His Holy Spirit is in us. Therefore, empowering the life of a believer to be a supernatural, miraculous life that the world is to see the difference and desire to be what we are. You know, I I want to jump in and read some scriptures to you real quick, okay? And then I'm going to try to bring it all together real quick. Is that all right? Today we're talking about serving the God of miracles. Because God is actively at work. His heart, His desire is to do miracles in your life. So we serve a God of miracles and He loves to see Him release His power among His people. You display your power among your people is what it says. So you see a lot of people want to jump off on that. Well, we don't get into that weird Holy Ghost stuff. This was in the Old Testament when the Holy Ghost stuff wasn't even being talked about yet. God was doing miracles and displaying His power among people. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people and display God's power among people. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to all the other parts of the earth. In other words, the world is supposed to see us having a supernatural power at work in our lives that the whole world can see God through. What is a miracle? A miracle was when there's a problem in the natural that supernaturally is changed by a power that the world doesn't have. Whether it be sickness, whether it be disease, whether it be wealth, whether it be health, whether it be kids, whether it be marriage, whether it be mental health, peace. God has a life for you. Can I show you what that life's supposed to look like? Real quick, and I'm going to go 
I, I feel sorry for whoever's keeping my notes with me today. Because <laughs> I'm going to go all over for just a minute, okay? Um, I want to go real quick to Rome. Uh, let me make sure that's it. I'm, I'm already so far off my notes. We're going to revisit them all. Let's go real quick to uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Okay, so it says this. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Aren't you glad that we do have eating and drinking as believers? He's not saying you can't go eat and drink. Because, remember, you are a supernatural being living in a natural world. So, in the natural world, we are, we eat and we drink. I eat too much. And I'm glad I don't drink anymore. Amen? (laughs) No. But supernaturally, people eat and drink. But he's talking about kingdom of God, spiritual things. Alright, it says this. But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the natural, I eat and drink. In the supernatural, my life is supposed to be full of righteousness, of peace, and of joy. Alright, so what righteousness is, is the way I live through the natural. I want you to know something. Believers live differently than unbelievers. The message of grace, we've got that messed up. A lot of people are teaching out there that grace gives you a license to sin. Nope. Grace gives you the power not to. Not to have to. I don't have to take drugs to get an escape from my life or my marriage or my job or my finances. I don't have to drink, get my peace out of a bottle just at the end of every day, knowing i got to wake up and go through the same thing again. My life is different. And the way I live this life out in the natural, what it does is it causes me to align with what God says my life can be. So yes, I believe in righteous living and holy living. But I also believe this as peace and joy. These are not actions. These are states or beings. Does that make sense? My life should be walked differently in the kingdom of God. My life should have peace in it, on the inside of me, and my life should be enjoyable and full of joy. Now, what happens to a lot of believers is this. They get saved going to heaven, and they don't understand this life that they're allowed to plug into. I always use my cell phone because it's probably one of the most used tools I have. I use all kinds of tools, but I don't use any tool in my life like I do my cell phone. my, My cell phone does amazing things. I don't understand what they all do. I don't understand how they do what they do. I can talk, talk to Jennifer and the girls an hour ago and four states over a while ago. Don't know how that works because there's no requirement. I could understand it when they had cords. Y'all remember when these things had cords? They had the long thing on the kitchen wall. I don't understand how this works. And then, you know, thing about it is now it does all this stuff, but it doesn't keep me from using it. There's some things about a believer's life. You're just not going to understand how it works. You're just going to have to be willing to work it. But what happens is, we're like cell phones. We were never created to be able to function through life and be fulfilled without being connected to something greater or a stronger power source than on the inside of us. And so, my my phone here has got a a good battery in it. Supposedly it can last up to 15 hours. Mine lasts about six all right, but I don't know about yours, but it's got this power source on the inside of it. But that power source only lasts for a little while. This thing was designed to be connected to a power source greater than itself. 
And that power source, when it's connected to a power source greater than itself, the power that's in that other source comes into this phone, giving these pieces of metal, glass, copper, gold, whatever's in these things, the ability to do things it should have never been able to do except for that power source. A lot of people go through life without ever plugging their life up into a power source, so they never see the supernatural into their life. They could be saved and going to heaven, but they're living life no better than a brick. But then there are those that understand they got to have power. And they're not going to be fulfilled until they do connect into a power source. The problem is, the enemy, before even cell phones were around, created these things called power banks. Do you know what a power bank is? It's a temporary storage of power. And so, what you can do with the power bank is it can store power within itself. And then when my battery gets low, I can connect a power bank to my phone and it will fill it full for a little while. Now look here, a lot of believers live this life. They get saved, but then they try to find something else besides the source to empower them. Or a better word to say that is to fulfill them. So they'll jump into relationships because they'll jump into a power bank that the enemy tries to give a counterfeit for the real thing. They'll jump into a relationship and that relationship will make them feel good and energize them and make them get all the endorphins flowing and get excited about life. But the truth is this, there's no single relationship in here that's going to be able to fulfill you for long. That's why we see divorce rates at the rate we do. There's no doubt that people loved each other and, man, they were, they were filling each other full of, of, of joy and excitement for a season. But if that's your only source of fulfillment, it don't matter. Sports. There's some people that plug their life so deep into sports or hobbies or recreations or friend groups or work or earning money. And those are all just power banks. And when you plug yourself into a power bank, and if you can find yourself being fulfilled out of anything opposite or away from the Holy Spirit and God, it's only a matter of time before the power bank you've plugged into won't have the ability to fulfill you anymore. And that's why relationships break, and that's why hobbies, eventually you can't, Find the joy and the peace in them anymore. So God made you, although He doesn't mind power banks being used in your life. But you've got to go back to the source of what you were created for. And that's to be connected to God. And when we connect to God and we continually come back there. I mean, my wife, my kids, they fulfill me in such ways. But I'm here to tell you, if I ever disconnected from my relationship with God and the Holy Spirit as a believer they would eventually get to a point where Jennifer would get on my nerves and my kids would stress me out and the fulfillment wouldn't be there. And so then I would find myself lacking and living saved, but not as a believer should be living full of power to do amazing things. So what God did was He sent His Holy Spirit here among us. I want to read this scripture to you real quick. John fourteen twelve. it says this, Verily I say unto you, that he that believeth on me The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that my Father in heaven 
may be glorified in the Son. If you seek anything in my name, I will do it. And then it goes on down to say this. Let me read the rest of it. I got it on another page. <laughs> it says, even the Spirit of truth says, and I will pray to my Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and He shall be in you. We're talking about lives of believers. The life of a believer is a life that is empowered and full of the Holy Spirit. We don't serve a God that left us here alone. How many of you guys have ever walked through a situation and you felt powerless in it? I don't know about you, but the enemy constantly tries to convince me and barrage me in areas and situations and cause me to move into living a powerless life. So I'll find areas with my kids and they'll be outside my reach of influence or change or they're not listening to me or in my finances outside the reach of my earning ability and need. there'll be areas in my health that will be outside my ability to correct or fix. And a lot of times the enemy will come and speak to us as believers and say, well, that's just the way things are. And tries to make us move into a powerless mindset. And if we live as saved, but in a powerless mindset, we become saved, but unbelievers. But Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. There's a power that's released into a believer's life that unbelievers do not have. You say, Cricket, I don't know if I believe in these miracle things you're going to talk about. Well, hopefully at the end of the day, I will be able to show you that God is still a God of miracles. From the very beginning of the Bible to the end of time is what the Bible covers. God does miracles. The very fact that you're saved today is a miracle. Everything about Jesus' life was a miracle. The way He was conceived was a miracle. He didn't do it naturally. The way He... Walked and talked among men with the knowledge that he had was a miracle. When he talked to the woman at the well, the knowledge was a miracle. When he stood in front of scribes and preached, the knowledge, it says they were astounded at his wisdom and knowledge. It was a miracle. The way that he healed and delivered and cast out demons was a miracle. The way that he died for your sins and my sin was able to take the place of us was a miracle. Him rising from the dead on the third day was a miracle of God at work in our lives. Now what you've got to understand is everything about Jesus was a miracle. And His resurrection was a miracle. And every miracle that Jesus did had a purpose to it. Now, all the way through His life, you can see the purposes in the miracles. But when you get to the end of His life and His resurrection, the question is this, why did He have to come back alive from the grave? Why could he just not have died and went to heaven? Because he had never sinned. He became our sin, so he had to go to hell for his. But the fact that he was risen from the dead was a miracle. And the thing about it is, he came back from the dead because he continues to live. Jesus is still alive and at work today. The Bible says he's in heaven and his father's in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. 
He said this, though, but my work that I have started, I will complete. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit down to you. A lot of people get weird about the Holy Spirit, but you need to understand the only interaction you've ever had with a God on this earth has been the Holy Spirit. He's not as weird as we make him out to be. God's in heaven. Jesus is on his right hand. But the Holy Spirit is the one that's been convicting you, drawing you, helping you, empowering you, and doing things around you that you didn't understand. What you got to understand to move into the living the life of a believer is this. And I'm going to mess with some of your theology real quick, but I need you to understand this. Because if you can't understand these three concepts, you will not understand the life of a believer and what's available to you. Number one, Jesus did do miracles when he was here, but he did not do them as God. He did them as man. Let me say that again. God, Jesus was fully God. And he was fully man. Alright? Jesus did not do the miracles on this earth while he was here during his 33 years as a God. He did them as a man that was anointed by the Spirit of God. You need to understand this. Because if you don't understand this, you're going to have a hard time believing the life that God wants you to live. The Bible says that Jesus, until he was baptized, he had done no miracles. It says, and when he was baptized, God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then the Spirit ascended from heaven like a dove and lit on him. And he became empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. And then in the New King James Bible, it says, Thus began the ministry of Jesus. When the Holy Spirit empowered the man that Jesus was, he began to do miracles on this earth. You must become and understand that that took place. Secondly, you need to understand and believe this next principle. That just like the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus as a man to do miracles, the Holy Spirit anointed the disciples to do the same and greater. Jesus said, and they received power when He came upon them. Let me read that scripture to you again where it said this. It says, you see, verily, verily, I say unto you, but you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do... You shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do also. In other words, because I go to my Father, but he's not going to leave you without godless, just like he didn't leave you powerless. He said, Then whosoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The disciples were able to do miracles, not because they were God, but because they were men that was anointed by the Spirit of God. You have to believe that. You have to believe that Jesus was fully God, fully man. When He was here on earth, He did miracles, not because He was God. It was because He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and empowered to live the life that He lived to do miracles. The disciples and the apostles did miracles, not because they were gods, but because the Holy Spirit empowered them, anointed them to come on them to do and live the life that God had intended for them to live as believers. This is the one most people have a hard time believing. God wants to anoint you the same way. Amen. To do miracles. Yes. It says, these signs will follow them that believe. Not just Jesus. Not just the apostles. Not just disciples. But them that believe. Amen. There are signs. The supernatural should be at work in a believer's life on a daily basis. But this is what happens. Most believers... Don't live a life of expectancy. They live a life of necessity. 
When's the last time you believed for a miracle that you didn't need? What happens usually in our lives is we live our lives, go through our lives, do our lives, and then all of a sudden, bam, we're hit with this circumstance, this situation, this tragedy or this lack or this sickness, and then we need God to do a miracle. And I'm so glad we do serve a God of miracles. But I'm saying, as a believer, there's a better way to live. And that's not to believe God for a miracle when you need it. But to give up, get up every day and expect to live in the miraculous. Every day, you can get up and you can believe. That no matter what the devil throws at me, no matter what the devil brings my way, no matter what circumstances this world tries to come in, I'm different than the world. I have something on the inside of me that is different than the world. You say, Craig, I just can't get my mind around Jesus um, being doing the miracles of a man. Did you know Jesus did not raise himself from the dead? This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus, when he died, he went to hell. And he didn't just lay there on the third day and wake up and decide, oh, enough's enough, I'm done, I'm leaving, I'm out of here, and walk out the door. It's not what he did. The Bible says this, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me. So it was the man Jesus that was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit of God that came upon him. And that same power that raised him from the dead dwells in you and me. He said it right here. He said this. He says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seems him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and dwells in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Jesus was raised by the, by the, from the dead. His resurrection was by the Holy Spirit of God. The reason why His resurrection was by the Holy Spirit of God is because Jesus said, what I've done must be continued on. I have risen so that you now can fulfill what I have risen for, and that is to live and do what the believing Christian or the believer's life should do and be. And that is to do the same miracles and even greater. So why do we not see miracles in the church today? How many of you guys have thought of that? I mean, thought about that. Why aren't we seeing miracles like we used to see? All right, I want to go real quick to you to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to try to bring this together and make sense, but it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. It says the natural man. All of us have a natural man. We have a Natural love. There's a, there's a battle. The, the flesh and the spirit on the inside of us. We get to choose which one controls our mind, our will, and our emotion. Which is called our soul. If I let my spirit man be in control, my mind, my will, and emotion will think spiritual thoughts, feel spiritual things, and will feel spiritually. If I let my flesh be in control... My soul will not think spiritual thoughts. My soul will not feel spiritually. How many of you guys, at times, you don't feel like a very good Christian? Do you know when that happens? When your flesh is in control? Anytime you allow your flesh to be in control, you don't feel, your emotions don't line up with what lines up with your natural man. And this is what it says. The natural man 
cannot receive the things from the Spirit of God. And so Christians that choose to believe and think naturally, they never move into the supernatural ability to walk miraculously in this life. So anytime you're thinking, feeling, and doing things naturally, man, you cannot expect supernatural or miracles to work in your life. But when you choose and you allow your spirit to be in control of your life, which if it's saved is now has the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can expect supernatural results in every situation. This is what the Bible says, all right? In um, uh, Romans, I just read it to you. It says this, in the, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not about natural things. But it says this, But it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, when the Holy Ghost is here, I should be full of joy. I mean, I should have joy, be full of peace, and live righteously. Those are the three things that the Holy Ghost in our life should produce. Read it. I want to go over to Job and read it to you here. In Job chapter 22, 21, this is what it says. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace... Thereby, good shall come unto thee. Another translation says this. Align yourself with God. And be full of peace. And good things will come into your life. Man, that's powerful right there. Because that's the same thing as righteous. That's me aligning my life with God. Alright? Being full of peace. That's what the Holy Spirit does on the inside of me. And it will attract things that bring me great joy. But see, whatever you're full of is a magnet on the inside of you. Whatever you're full of draws things to you. And so if you're not in alignment with God, we got a refrigerator at my house. And it has a cup pusher thing on it. And I don't know if they messed it up in the factory or what they did. But it's not like the ones we've had before. You know, once we have four, you just walk up and push the cup and it shoots straight into it. This one's kind of funny. Because when the girls walk up and push it, it shoots sideways. And it never fails. When Alexis and Haley go to Isla, go to push that cup in, they get wet before they get the cup full. And so I've learned, though, if I just hold my cup sideways and I push it, it'll fill my cup up. But they get squirted all the time filling their cups up because they can't get in their mind that, you know, to get my cup full... Without making a mess, I need to get aligned with that water level coming out. A lot of people can't get in their mind, in their spirit, that for me to have a miraculous life, I need to get my flesh and the way I live in alignment with what the the way of God is doing things. They don't align themselves with God. They want God to align themselves with them. So they keep finding themselves in these situations or these problems that they're needing a miracle in when if they would have, in the first place, not waited until they got in need, they'd align themselves with God's way of doing things in the first place. They would have walked into the same situation, but they would have been the answer instead of needing an answer. See, the reason why God sent His Holy Spirit here to empower us on the inside of us, to do the things that Jesus did, and even greater, is so that you aren't the one that always has the problem needing the solution, so that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you can walk into the problem and you be the solution. When Jesus showed up places and things were broken, He didn't have to get God into the picture. He got there with God. 
And when he got there with God, they became the solution to the problem. And that's what God expects believers' lives to be. I, I, I don't know if I made it, but I want to break it down to you. This is the way to move into the supernatural. Align yourself with God. Be full of the Holy Spirit, which is peace. And you will attract supernatural good things going on around you. I went fishing this week. Until I got the tan. Um, this week I took my family fishing. Like I said, I don't teach this stuff just because the Bible says I teach this stuff first. I try to live it out to make sure that I'm not going to teach something that's not true. And then I go to the my what I call my fathers in the faith. And I talk and I go over things with them and make sure that I'm not in error. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. And then I come and I show you. But I don't like to just preach at you. I'd like to show you. I went fishing this week. And starting off this week, I going into it, I know what, living the life of a believer is supposed to be a life of the supernatural. So I've been applying these understandings and principles and scriptures to my life all week. And uh, my dad, for Father's Day, come. my wife called me when they said, hey, we want, for Father's Day, we want to send you and the girls fishing. And I said, well, can I add on to it and add my dad to it too and we do that for Father's Day and so Jim was like yeah I don't care so my parents were down with us this week and we went fishing alright well, they're going to bring up a picture this was our fishing trip the way it ended was I mean the way it started was this I was sitting on a beach working and I had a break between check-ins and check-outs so I was on my phone trying to pick out a charter that I could take us on. And on that charter, what we did was, you know, there's 500 different ones on there. And I said, you know, God, I don't want to just go fishing. How many, time, how many fishermen do I got in here? All right, how many hunters do I got in here? Tell me this ain't the way you do it. I've done it this way a hundred times. I get on the boat, get to fish it, and if the fish aren't biting, I start asking God to let the fish bite. <laughs> How many guys done that for? Or how many hunters go get on their deer stand? And when they get on their deer stand, if they don't see one, then they start asking God to send a deer through there. How many guys do that? I mean, no, I've done it. That's been my pattern pretty much my whole life. That's not the only way it can be done. And that point, you're praying for a miracle. And as a believer. Even booking this charter, and I, this is just the beginning, this is a simple expression, but I, I, there's 50 other ways I've applied these in my life this week. I went through the charters, and my personality naturally, remember it says, the natural man don't see the things of the Spirit of God. Alright, well, naturally I would have thought, the best charters are the most expensive, correct? Well, I never use the best. <laughs> Alright, my natural mind is... The cheapest charter will do. Alright? And so I, I had the phone out and I was going through it. And I was like, Lord, and, you know, there are hundreds. I was in fishbookers.com and uh, going through all the ones. I was like, Lord, your word says if I trust in you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. This says, lean not to my own understanding. In other words, my natural mind would be, they're the best, but this is the one I can afford. And I had to put that aside. The next part of that scripture says this. It says that in all my ways acknowledge Him. So I said, God, which one would you like us to have? So God, I would love to take my dad on a Father's Day trip and him catch a fish that would be picture worthy. 
I said, and I would love for Alexis to catch a fish because fishing is really important to them too. So I would love for fishing them catch a fish that would be picture worthy. I said, which charter would you like to use to make that happen? And man, I just this one came up and I just got peace over it. I just got peace over it. And it was more than what I liked to pay, but it was a lot less than what I could have paid. All right? It was about middle road. So I booked it. When I booked it, the guy sent me a text. He said, what are you guys expecting? I loved how he said that. To catch. So I sent him back. I said, I'm expecting for my daughter and my father to catch a picture-worthy fish. He said, well, I can't promise that. He said, but um, he said, we'll do our best. I sent back, I believe we will. And then we went on. I went Thursday, got on the boat, we got there. And um, he brought um, tackle to catch trout. Because, if, I don't know if you guys know salt fishing, but certain times of year the kings come in and the cobia start running. And this is not, this is, we're about a couple weeks out from that. They've not caught any kings or caught any cobia. So what kind of fish I said, I'd love for my dad to catch a king. I said, and I'd love for Lexi to catch a king. I said, that would be so awesome. He said, well, we haven't caught any yet this year. And I said, yeah, but I think it would be awesome. He goes, you know, he goes, I'm gonna, why don't we just run out to so-and-so? I just got a good feeling about it. I said, you don't got a good feeling you're being led. And that was weird for him. But I said, you're being led. Because I was believing that God was going to do what I'd asked him to do. And so when we got out there, the first cast, Lexi, uh, we, put, we first stopped at a bridge and got some L.Y., caught some L.Y.s. And then Lexi threw her first cast out, and the minute it hit the water, a king hit it, and she was fighting, 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 and it snapped her line. The second cast she threw out, and she hung that cobia that's on the right, your right, or your left. <laughs> your left. All right, L's for left. All right, and for the next 40 minutes, she's fighting this thing, and she lands it. And the dude fishing is like, whoa, whoa, we ain't caught a fish this big all year. I didn't know cobia were here yet. We got it in the boat. So now my dad was going to get it. So he threw the next line up. As soon as his L.Y. hit the water, bam, one hit. And it stripped off all the line off of his reel. All the way down to that. And it, the rhyme was It never turned it around. The guy was like, whoa, that's about a 40-pound um, king. He said, at least we know they're here. Now I just hope we catch one. I said, no, we're going to catch one more. I know we are. And he threw it out. My dad fought four of them, and all four of them broke off the line. And my dad got so tired of fighting kings that he had to sit down on the back of the boat when he finally hung that one, and they landed it and got it in the boat. And we, after he got it in the boat, I said, man, thank you so much. We're done. I said, that's all I'm believing for. We get, he goes, no, no, no. He said, no, we got two more hours on the charter. I said, man, I don't want to catch anymore. I said, I was just believing for... Those two fish, those are pieces. But we can catch it. I said, what would I do with that much fish? I said, I mean, the ice bath is already full. We ended up with like seven gallons of fish meat off these fish. I said, man, I don't want to deal with no more fish. I said, let's just go in. He said, you never leave. He said, this is the best day. I've been doing this 10 years. This is the best fishing day. We've cast it out 10 times, and we have hung 10 huge fish. He said, this is insane. He said, I can't go in. He said, I've never left a day with fishing like this. I'm not going to leave it. I said, man, I said, we're done. I said, man, really, I know you got another charter this afternoon. Why don't you go get some ready? He goes, well, let's just troll a little while. And he put it in gear and started trolling. And then he started asking these questions. He said, when you said I was led, what did you mean by that? I said, well, man, we're believers. 
I said, and this week we prayed, I asked. And it says that as believers, I can ask anything in His name. And He would do it. And it said that if I would trust in Him and lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge Him, it says He would direct my paths. Now what you need to understand as believers is this. God did not tell me where to go fish. God did not tell me what to fish with. He didn't tell me anything. What He did was the path that I was walking in, He started commanding and directing. Does that make sense? He had a captain that wasn't right with the Lord at that moment. Start getting this feeling to go in this way. When we got there, somehow He sent those fish to be laying right where we were throwing. The ocean's a big place. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But for our baits ten times in a row to hit where they hit and the fish bite it instantly... That had to be, God told that fish to sit there till that bait hit the top of the water. The Bible says He will direct your paths. We're always waiting for God to tell us what to do. A believer can start believing that God's going to tell the path to get where it needs to go before we start stepping where we're going to do it. And I'm telling you. He said, what do you mean by that? And I said, man, we're believers. I said, I believe that God has a purpose for my life. And I believe that I don't live this life alone. I believe that the Holy Spirit walks and talks and goes. And come to find out over the next hour and a half, he just drove his boat around in circles, wasting that expensive gas. (laughs) In the next hour and a half, this young man prayed with us. And he'd grown up in Georgia. His dad raised him up in church as a minister. He wasn't a preacher, just was an active minister in his church. And he had walked away from what he had always been taught and known. And he was living this life, what you would call the dream. But man was just always living under conviction because he knew he wasn't living how he knew he could live. He's living with his girlfriend and they're not married. And, you know, he's, the enemy just beating him up. But here he comes across some believers that blew his mind. Best fishing day he's ever had, he said. I'm doing this 10 years. And he couldn't believe that we had this favor on us that made our day unbelievable. And he got to be a part of it. And over the next hour now, he said, you know what? I need to start believing again. And we prayed with him. And I'm meeting with him Wednesday, me and Jennifer, are to do premarital counseling. Because he said, you know what? I can't live like I've been living anymore. Me and my girlfriend got to get married. So we got to start this because we got to get back where I used to be. And see, we're called to be and do supernatural living. Is it honestly... That important to God to catch those fish? No. I believe He put those fish there for our pleasure. God loves you having a good time. I've had God miraculously do way more important things in my life than fish. But I can tell you this. Those fish did something majorly important in that young man's life. And it got him back into the kingdom and in the place where God has him to be. I want to tell you the secret to having miracles in your life daily. Is that okay? I've tried it. I put it to work the last couple of weeks. It's been amazing. I, I, I invited my parents down. We paid for their condo. I felt like the Lord told me and Jen that it was important for us to have our girls spend time with them this year. And so um, I put it on a credit card, rented out a, a very nice, expensive condo, one of the best ones you could get, so my parents could be there with my girls. And before they got there on Wednesday. By Friday, I'd already made enough money to pay for it. I'm telling you, I believe. 
Let me tell you this. This is the secret to living the life of a believer. Number one, you have to believe that nothing is impossible for God. The enemy loves to convince us a lot of times that what really needs to happen, God can't do. Or God won't do. Or God don't care to do. I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, cast your cares on Him because He cares for you. You have to move to the place and believe that God can do anything. It actually says it like this. It is impossible or nothing is impossible for God. What you need to do is take that scripture and understand it says this, that God cannot sit around and do nothing. Because nothing is impossible for God. If you're not going to believe for a miracle, somebody else will. And they're going to get the life that you could be living. Nothing is impossible. He can't sit around and do nothing. God loves you and loves me so much that He is just pacing back and forth waiting for you to believe. And if you would just simply start believing... For the impossible. You say, what kind of impossibles matter to God? The Bible says Joshua was in the middle of a battle, fighting in the battle. And he was getting victory. God was helping them get victory. But he saw that the day was getting late. And the day was going to end. And if the day ended too soon, he would not... How many guys have prayed for a longer work day before? (laughs) That's not usually a prayer we pray. That's a crazy prayer.